sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here, uh, Beer Engine podcast. Yet, in, yet again, we're we're here. Uh, number, this is episode twenty, I think. It's a, a miracle that we've made it this far. Um, and I so have, we're one episode off from being legal. Is that what you're saying? Legal to what? I mean, legal to drink. I, I, I did. Oh yeah, here, yeah. Uh, and and um, one of the this is a total tangent right off the bat, but. I was walking around our neighborhood one day and there was a, a girl whose car was all decked out and it said, happy birthday, happy 18th birthday, hashtag finally legal. And I was like, who is doing that <laughs> to an 18 year old's car? It's very, very creepy. A 45 um, year old history teacher. Yeah, that's probably about right. Um, yeah. And we've been inside. I've been inside for all 20 of these. It's amazing. I have not. Uh, we started a beer podcast right at the moment where I couldn't go to breweries anymore. Very good. Um, but uh, you heard him talking. He's already with us. Uh, uh, you you heard my buddy. He's now the CEO. Uh, as of a day ago, he's the new CEO of Stone Brewing Company, and it's Tony. Congrats on the new gig, dude. Well, thank you. I'm I'm due for a good role. Like I know I changed jobs a lot. Come and they on. change CEOs a lot, so it's, I think, <laughs> think it's a good fit. <laughs> Look, if, if you're going to be a beer company, there's there's a couple of things you've got to do. You've got to put out overpriced trinkets, you've got to create controversy, and you've got to have a bad management structure. These are the things that I will be, I was going to say implementing, <laughs> but perfecting. Yeah. In my new optimizing role. is what we Optimi- call it in the in the in in my world, Tony. We call this optimization. Um, yeah, Tony. Uh, what what kind of what kind of beers are you going to bring to us from the Stone Universe? Uh, we all love Stone IPA. I actually do like Stone IPA. Um, I do like Ruination, but you know Stone's been lofting out some weirdo stuff lately. Um, which which like Will Wheaton type guy are you gonna are you gonna be hooking us up with? Um, you got like Leonard Nimoy out there. He's dead. Uh, you got somebody like that, George Takei's stout or something. I don't know. Um, look, I like to hit on like people that are way down in that universe. Like who is under Will Wheaton in celebrity Star Trek sort of? Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. Uh-huh. I think he would <laughs> he would be a great candidate to be doing a a, a branded brew. Like I was going to say. Collab, but I think a branded brew is what Stone's all about. I don't think it's yeah, about, about collaboration. Right, yeah. We're a big corporate structure. Um, we produce beers that some of them have flavour, some of them are just plain weird. Um, I think we need to co-opt other cultures as well. Start like we've done like Mexican stout things. I think it's time to sure. like venture into like Icelandic beers and Greenland sure. beers. And New Zealand oh yeah, you guys do love those. You love those wacky ingredients. So I can, I could totally see um, Stone coming out with it, try, totally marginalizing Icelandic cuisine and just being like, "Yes, this is the fermented shark." Absolutely, uh, I think that's going to be uh, top of our list. Berliner Weiss or something awful like that. Yeah, and I think then we can do like a. Um, build off that that shark theming, and then we can do like try and enter into the Chinese market shark fin beer. And, and oh my god, 
And that's like two birds with one stone. That's appropriating culture. And it's also like fake medical mumbo jumbo as well. And endangered species, beer bingo. That's a three that's, for one right there. You, yep. you got to love that. Um, I do. No, that's a, I can't, I can't, can't wait uh, for your at least two to three week reign at the top of Stone Brewing. Um, a company who somehow manages to get in the news for something um, about every two or three months, um, whether it be like the Berlin facility closing, the um, they're suing uh, Keystone Light or something. Um, and then they're going right back and suing like Billy's mom's brewery for creating a beer called like the ruiner or something, you know, uh, and making one barrel of it. <laughs> so they're, they're on all sides of getting in trouble. Yeah. And of course you're going to confuse that with ruination. Like one, yes, what, uh, one guy's Billy's doing- mom's, you know, he's, he's, uh, she's taken, she's, she's all over us. You know, we, we don't want to <laughs> let her think that copyright theft is okay. To uh, end this bit, like, does that happen often <laughs> in America? Like, when breweries have been around for that long and have become as big as stone, do most of them start going the stone route of, like, just kind of losing what made them decent in the first place and just become a corporate behemoth? I'm not sure that stone lost its way entirely. I think, I think, the, I think, the, I think a lot of breweries do get caught uh, in the middle like that. And I, I do have some empathy, um, maybe not necessarily, you know, because they're very wealthy and you know, what do they, they don't need it for me, but I do have a little bit of empathy for, um, not just stone, but maybe more so the companies like new Belgium or Oscar blues or otherwise that are kind of stuck in that mid range yep. area. And I think they're a little less aggressive than stone. Um, to my knowledge, a little less litigious maybe, but they, they do have sort of a, they're sort of at a fork in the road permanently of not, <laughs> they can't get too big to, and, and keep their cred, but they can't get too small and lay off a lot of people or have to uh, cut jobs or cut facilities or cut off distributors or something because they're fail. Then they're failing if they do that. Right. So they sort of are, they're stuck in between a rock and a hard place of either you're a failure or you're a dickhead and you can't really win. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's, it's a tough break. And I like new Belgium a lot is part is kind of one of the, one of the reasons I use them as an example, but they've, they've sort of, they're, they're sort of in that, in that zone where it's, it's going to get harder and harder for them. Stone just went full. I mean, stone and brew dogs a little bit like this too. They just went very much, full, so. you know, dick, dickhead all the way because they already kind of had that vibe about them, but it was cool when it was a small brewery. And then when you get to be big, it becomes a whole lot less cool to be a dickhead anymore. <laughs> um, it's not a great image for you at that point. Um, but yeah, well, you're going to be good. You're going to be good over there. Can't wait. Tony, we've been getting some Instagram comments on our last show. Um, I thought I'd throw some of this, our feedback out there, make sure that our fans feel loved and welcome uh, to uh, talk shit to us. Um, our friend, uh, uh, Mr. Wise 456, um, I think known to, I believe known to fans of the former This Ain't Iowa podcast as the Main Street Haitian. Is that correct? That is incorrect. That is actually the, shit. the far more handsome brother of the Main Street Haitian. Damn. Okay, you got to cut that then because I'm going to get like freaking murdered for this. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. 
All right. Well, I'm, I'm dead meat now. I'm gonna have um, not only is not only are those two guys gonna come kill me, but also five thousand TAI lunatics are gonna come are be sending hate mail. And actually, I welcome it. So I think getting hate mail will be really good for our brand, Tony. So if you guys want to send me hate mail, you can. I'll I'll put a PO box up. Okay. So feel free to send me hate emails. Beer Engine Show at uh, gmail.com. Please do it. Um. Anyways. Uh, Mr. Wise, which is his real name, uh, did tell me that uh, we are missing the bucks on our on our NBA bet, Tony. Now you you went on um, extensively about why you didn't like the bucks, um, and I'm sure I forgot most of it. Um, but he said that we're we're running dead money out there with the with the Raptors and the and the Heat. Well, has that proven to be correct so far in the three to four games, depending on? Um... Toronto looks good. Yeah, Toronto looks good. I think Miami Miami looks good. They beat Boston. Um, not that Boston's played particularly well. Um, but no, I, I think both those teams look good. I feel good about the, the odds we got on those two teams, even though I did have to bet on. I tried to use the local Illinois betting sites. You know, we, have, we can actually do sports betting here now. But you have to go to a casino to, like, officially sign up like all you have to do is drive up and get on the wi-fi and it will officially sign you up but you have to do that so i would have had to drive to rose to the airport essentially to o'hare and gotten parked my car gotten kind of like nudged it up close enough to get hooked up to their internet and then finish the sign up that's like a 45 minute drive i'm not doing that so i just had to bet on bovada and eat like the i don't know you know, well, when you're betting as much as we were, Tony, maybe that wasn't, uh, but I decided against it. I'm too lazy to say, you know, potentially make an extra five or $600. So we're not going to do it. Um, he also mentions, uh, I did post also a picture of the 450 uh, beer glass, the famous $250 beer glass. And he said, it looks like there's a cup of borscht in it. <laughs> Which is, I think the kindest description I've ever heard of that particular, um, beer because uh, i think the way your wife described it was far more accurate what did she describe did she say i don't know what you're i don't remember what i say three <laughs> minutes after i say it i don't know how you're gonna expect me to remember what she said three minutes after I, she said it i believe she said it was a cup of blood vomit oh blood vomit. <laughs> yeah that is true it was uh yeah, it did. <laughs> she she has a better feel for what that looks like, I guess. I Actually, I probably do. Yeah. Based on my based on my health. Yeah. Um, uh, our friend building breweries. Uh, he said gloop cup. Ha ha ha. I agree. That is funny. Um, thank you for laughing at my joke. Um, to my buddy building breweries. Shoot me a note. Let's be friends. Um, also, uh, Mister. Mr. Wise shouts out off color, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the show on a post of, of ours, but um, off color is dope. And I am going to talk about them in our uh, review segment later, Tony. Nice. Good to, good to hear. We've been getting comments from a few different people. Um, we also had one from AJ Dittrich, um, who had a go at what whoever we were, that is. Yeah. yeah. Whoever that asshole is. Sounds like a right, right, right asshole to me. Um, because a right wing asshole, I think. In in fact, yeah, is probably some. You, you, I think you're wrong there. I think he's he's like a frog, you know, meme guy, you know, peppy meme guy. I, I was thinking more like a boogaloo guy. I could imagine 
the way this guy wrote comments, I could imagine him in like a Hawaiian shirt and just armoured to the teeth because <laughs> that that yeah. just seems to me. And he, he sounds like a guy that's probably 350 to 400 pounds, probably got a heart as strong as an ox. Um, wife, wife talks about blood vomit a lot. <laughs> Sounds about right. I know this guy. I know this type of guy, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, sure you do really well. Uh, and now I posted a, a picture of a box and it included three beers and a glass. Perhaps I wasn't clear in my description, but me being a cripple didn't want to get this shit out unnecessarily and break the glass because we all know glasses from the last episode. They're really expensive. So I just thought I'd post a picture of a box. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and promote these three great stouts that I got. And apparently this dude had a massive problem with it. So he can go fuck himself. Yeah. Well, I agree. This, um, to be fair, though, Tony, you did ask. You, rather than, than say, like, this, this includes a glass um, in this box, you did merely post the prompt, does this make me a glass whale? <laughs> and while, while I was sort of... Um, I was sort of nudging the, the, the picture to the left, you know, swiping at it, um, just being like, come on, here's the second picture. It's not working. My Instagram's broken. Just like mashing the screen on my phone. Um, it turned out you didn't post anything else. No. And you said, does this make me a glass whale with a picture of a cardboard box? Um, so the answer is... If that's the glass, then yes. All right. If somehow we were in, incepting into the, into that being like we're looking through a glass. Um, this is glass somehow. Uh, then I would say it does. Now, commentary aside, I do think um, it was it was an interesting sort of approach to uh, learning a little. You know, bringing on. Um, you know, some, some hot, hot publicity to our podcast, but I thought um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what's actually in that box. In fact, absolutely. We've got uh, the glass of course, which is just a, like a, a table wine stemless glass, perfect for big stouts, but it included three stouts. Uh, it's their 2020 versions of all these and it's their Imperial stout and it's from Hawker's beer. All these are from Hawker's. So I've, I've actually been to Hawkers um, during a Good Beer Week, one of the Melbourne beer festivals that used to happen pre-pandemic, and I spent almost a full day there, and we helped brew a beer. And their facility for Australia was really, really well put together. Um, it had all welded in lines. It was computer-operated. They were setting it out as a top-class uh, brewery from the very start and that that invested with money and I, I i think they deserve to succeed and so they've included three three stouts their imperial stout is the lowest rated lowest alcohol um version of the beers it comes in at 10.3 percent alcohol uh with a rating and 45 ratings which for australia isn't bad of 4.05 it's pretty good yep it is then, for a, for a non adjuncted stout, right? I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's 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 nothing fancy that I know of. Uh, the next beer in the package was the next leap in alcohol, and also the the next highest ranked beer, um, and that was the whiskey barrel variant of this. So it came in eleven 
6.9% alcohol, almost 12%. Comes in with only 21 rankings at 4.41. And that's those are all Australian scores. So that's that's a pretty impressive rating. And they rounded out the box with a rum barrel aged version of that Imperial Stout coming at 3.4% alcohol and with a score average of 4.56. So it was really a box that I couldn't pass up. Ran me 80 bones, but these are 500ml bottles. So I'm not, it's not like I'm paying $50 for a 375ml um, bottle of stout. Sure. I thought given those ratings and Who knowing... would do that, right? I mean... Yeah, and knowing how Australian rates... Probably your AJ D- Dittrick character would do something like that, spend, you know, kind of like a lot, 50 American dollars or so on 375 milliliters of stout, kind of a weirdo type guy like that. Yeah, and I, I bet you he wouldn't do it once. He'd do it like twice in a Devore order. I actually, uh, I have news about that, but but um, we'll go on, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I couldn't really pass these beers up. I haven't had them yet. They are sitting in my cellar, which is in my closet, because that's a place that is away from light and is relatively cool and they'll be popped in the fridge five minutes before just to knock that temperature down to I like to start them off at about 10 to 12 degrees C and have them warm up throughout I know that's a little colder than the way you like them but that's that's the way Mm -hmm. I'm going to consume them so I'm looking forward to consuming those but I'm not going to hang on to them forever I don't know what your thoughts are but um, I I actually I would say the non-adjuncted out the original the non-barrel stout yep um that one will age really well <laughs> that would be my favorite one to age would really? be that one um yes i think the barrel stout will probably do pretty well too but i would i would the non-adjuncted imperial stout i i just remember this because i drank um over christmas maybe two years ago uh, i was at my in-laws home and uh, they had a uh, uh, my father-in-law is a fan of stout of Imperial stout. And he had some three, four, five-year-old bottles of big brewery, not big brewery, but big micro, big craft brewery for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> stouts, including Yeti, original Yeti from great divide, um, founders, Imperial stout, you know, rip founders, uh, for being a bunch of assholes, but, and then, um, I, you know, I forget the third off the top of my head, but the, the like three or four year old Yeti was absolutely fantastic. Um, I loved it to death. It had still had the nice, this is Imperial Stout from the, you know, early mid two thousands. It was, um, you know, it had that sort of, I guess not dry, but, but maybe like a, a more pure um, roasted malt flavor instead of, having like a very distinct, like chocolate, very sweet flavor. So it was certainly drier than stout is now because stout now is, you know, it's cupcake or bust, <laughs> but, um, I, that aged really nice, but it aged in coal in cooler temp. Um, so, you know, 40, 50 degrees. Okay. Yep. Um, so if you let it sit, I mean, I wouldn't let anything sit for three or four years cause you're starting to get into risk territory. Just who knows, you know, but, um, Unless it's lambic, because what's the risk? It's going to get more sour and fucked up. Yum, you know. Well, that goes but, uh, for a lot of farmhouse stuff, not just lambics. But yeah, exactly. You're right. Saison, yeah. But uh, so I should be right to consume in, in the next month. That that's the one I would rush out to. I would drink the what was it? It was a barrel aged and the original and what was and the rum barrel. 
Yeah, yeah, bourbon yeah. rum and the original. Yeah, I don't like rum barrel stuff. I just it really? just doesn't. Maybe this one I'd like. Yeah, every time I have one, maybe this one might be different. It has such a high rating. I think it must. But so many times I've drank a rum barrel beer and it is just straight up Captain Morgan to me. It is Captain Captain Bomb. <laughs> I might as well have my leg up on the barrel um, pounding <laughs> this stuff out of the bottle. It is burning hot fire to me. Um, <laughs> But if they did it, if they managed to do do it delicately enough, and I would say the key is back blending with rum. Um, to me, maybe they're not. I don't know if they did that, but back blending fresh beer or beer from different barrels or a, a blend of rum and bourbon or something like that, so that the rum because rum is so distinctive, even compared to bourbon. To me, rum is so distinctive um, that uh, it could really go haywire. Um, so, but if it's rated a 4.56, I got to believe it's pretty good. I mean, most of the rum barrel beers here that I think suck have crappy ratings. So Okay. So it's, it might not necessarily be a function of, of the rum barrel, but just being crappy versions of those beers and just crappy beers in general by the sounds of it and lack of balance. Yeah. When, when, when breweries without blending experience make it especially – they just dump it all into the bottle. You know what I mean? They pour all the rum barrels into the bright tank. All right, let's bottle it. <laughs> what <laughs> could go wrong? Yeah. Nothing will ever be Perfect. out of whack. But yeah, I, it's not, not great. do you find that it improves if they're using multi-years or you think like things like bourbon barrel and rum barrel, single vintage is, is more common and, and gives you a better finished beer or you really don't have an opinion on, on that sort of stuff? Because that's fine if you don't. Just that with Australia beer culture being that little bit behind the US, we don't always get a lot of the barrel age stuff that, that you have quite available yeah. to you and, and, and the variety of, of ways people barrel age stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, um, bourbon barrel is my favourite stout um i'm just not a the other spirit barrels i think have two like distinctive of of flavors to me in like a bad way bourbon has a very when you drink bourbon it does taste like wood to me right because yeah. yep um that's the that's the core ingredient in my mind right i mean obviously the core ingredient is like corn or whatever right or wheat um but those things don't have super, I mean, you don't, who drinks bourbon is like, damn, that's corny. I guess there are a couple that have that note, but it's a note, right? Yeah. Um, yeah that, rum that's... tastes like sugar. I mean, it's sweet. It tastes like molasses, you know? Um, gin tastes like juniper and shit. You know, <laughs> you put something in a gin barrel, it tastes like botanicals. Um, it's not that those things are bad and not that I don't like rum and gin on their own. I actually love gin, but um it's just it for beer uh, and for stout, especially they have two distinctive of like kind of ancillary flavors besides the wood and what the bourbon should lend to that wood is sort of that burn, that dryness, you know, that, that you like, you know, and maybe some of the like leathery flavor, um, tobacco or whatever other stuff you like, but, um, yeah. See, because my impression of the, the couple of rum, um, barrel aged beers that I've had, They've always added like a slightly coconut note, and I thought you would have really enjoyed that. But you're saying it I would love it if it did that. Okay, it doesn't taste like Malibu to me, though. It tastes <laughs> like Captain Friggin' Admiral Nelson. It doesn't even taste like Captain Morgan. A lot of the ones I have taste like Captain Admiral Nelson. Who's the sailor? Well, Sailor Jerry's good. Um, 
Yeah, Admiral Nelson was the cheap shit I drank in college. Um, it's it's just not it's not doing that. Like, I think what you're going for is like the coconut, maybe like a toffee type yeah. flavor, you know. But instead, I get like alcohol, more alcohol, and then like a molasses <laughs> finish, and I do not want that. You know, it's just not doing it for me. There you go. We we may have to um, in if we ever are able to put together international beer package for one another, I should include some Australian rum because rum Te- in a- Tequila barrel, by the way, is that bottom of the barrel. That's the – throw that in the trash, tequila barrel beer. Well, I was Oof. actually going to ask if you'd had the Chicago native, has there ever been a Malort barrel aged beer? Yes. Yes, have I had it and I liked it. Um, I had <laughs> – Not uh, bottom of the barrel. No. Now, Malort isn't aged in barrels, okay. we should note. But what um, one of my favorite um, little, like, just absolute Pico brewery, we'll call it. I mean, teeny tiny brewery. Um, did a uh, beer that was conditioned on Malort-soaked wood chips. Nice. <laughs> I loved it. it. It's because Malort is so bitter, but has a very distinct and yeast flavor. So, but stout is sweet, right? Yep. So, essentially, all you got was, you didn't got get the bitterness from the Malort. You got sweet and yeast flavor. Um, and dry and man, was that yummy. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, and it was only like six or 7%. Like they didn't put a big Imperial stout on it. Um, they did more of a drier, um, you know, Irish type stout, man, that was nice. (laughs) I, uh, I enjoyed that beer a lot. They never sold, they never packaged it though. It was just something you got on draft or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I, um, I respect Malort beer and there was a Malort, so they did start doing a barrel aged Malort once the lo- a local distillery bought Malort recently. Yep, I kind think of a it was- craft distillery type place. Yep, and uh, they did a they did a barrel aged Malort, and then one of the local breweries took that Malort barrel and actually conditioned Pilsner in it. And uh, I never got to try that beer, but I would have I would have been all over it. What an odd choice to condition in a wood in a barrel in the first place, Pilsner. Now, for those that are not familiar with Malort, because I, I am because it was a running joke with, with another friend of ours, Rob, about Malort. What is Malort and um, what's the general vibe around Malort? Is it well-respected and, um, yeah, tell us. Malort is a mysterious alcohol, um, a liqueur, uh, only about 60 proof, you know, um, not a very strong beverage but it is uh, distinctly bitter i'd call it um in the in the class of fernet bronca only i think it's trashy <laughs> or trashier i don't think it tastes any worse than fernet bronca um i think it tastes about it's in the same class of hyper bitter anise wormwood type liqueur uh it's a it's a hit with chefs you know much like fernet is in san francisco malort is to chicago um, chefs love Malort, line cooks love Malort, anyone working in a kitchen is drinking Malort. <laughs> uh, people between, I would say, I would say millennials saved Malort for all the shit millennials killed. Um, like me, uh, we, we rescued Malort. Uh, so thank us for that. <laughs> uh, we may have killed Applebee's, but Malort will live. Um, oh no, is uh, Applebee's I, dying? That's, that's a real shame. Well, Applebee's has just, you know, its own sort of... <laughs> issues i guess maybe people don't want a quesadilla burger i don't know but 
Yeah, it's a it's a wormwood liqueur. The recipe is closely guarded. Um, the joke is that when when the local craft distillery CH bought it, they got they um they're like we we tried a hundred times to, before we finally just asked for the recipe because we bought it. But we tried to make something with what we had. And then when we got the recipe, we just started crying um, because they were like, "Damn, is that what it is?" Um, so yeah, I, I respect Malort. Um, and actually Jepson started making bourbon too. Uh, well, CH makes a bourbon that they blank, they brand under the Jepson's flag and it's a decent bourbon. Honestly, I mean, it doesn't fit the Malort, um, situation. All it's not bitter or weird or anything. It's just bourbon. But could you see a beer aged on that, that bourbon barrel out of that Jepson, um, bourbon? Absolutely. I would die all over it. Yeah. Hook it up. Excellent. Give us a, give us the all Chicago bourbon barrel aged stout. I would, I would, uh, I'll be first in line for that. I would love to have that. Now, the Most one- of the time we got to buy, you know, we got to buy wood barrels and stuff, which boy, it's no big deal. I like those, but yep. um, yeah. The two things around um, barrel beers that we didn't talk about is aging on wine barrels yeah. and also um, things like fooders or beer-centric barrels. We haven't sort of spoken about those. Where do they rank in the scheme or are they a completely different class, both of those, in your view? Because my view, certainly the beer-specific barrels, you know, your fooders or just oak barrels that are used for fermentation. Firestone Walker, for example, use that in in fairly fairly standard beers and then they're blended back with, with non-oak age mm-hmm. barrel stuff is a different thing altogether. But wine barrels, I think, fits into it, but it fits a different class of beer. I don't want to be sitting a stout don't, don't on, a, stout on a wine. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but put a sour or something or a lambic in a wine barrel. It, it, it can add something, a lambic style beer, I should say. Yeah, um, for sure, yeah. I think any sour beer in a wine barrel, I'm willing to give a shot to. I don't look at that weird. I think it's very subtle. Um, it's less distinct than bourbon barrels if you're doing a wine barrel sour because the sour will tend to dominate that. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, you could tell me anything's aged in anything, but just don't <laughs> stop putting stout in tequila barrels. Stop putting anything in tequila barrels. Stop putting stout. Stop putting, you know, stop stop blending badly with with other liquors because it's just going to taste like burning hot fire. You're just going to make <laughs> alcohol, you're going to make 5% hard alcohol. And if I'm going to drink hard alcohol, I at least want to get drunk, you know. Uh, don't, don't give me 5%, you know, sour pure gin flavor. Nobody wants that. Um not good. Hey, Tony, I do want to talk about this. We have one more up. We were already three quarters, well, halfway through the show, and I haven't even updated everything I wanted to. <laughs> the $250 beer, dollar beer cup. Um, the $250 beer cup, I do have an update on this. Uh, the update is it sold out in pretty much five minutes. Um, <laughs> Which you predicted. You predicted yes. that this was going to sell it in five minutes. I, I was skeptical. I, I was not aware of the glass whale phenomena. I, you didn't send me the link, so I haven't done any glass whale research. But uh, I now believe you when you say that this community is ridiculous and is a thing. Um, yeah. How this thing sold out and who thinks this is in good taste is beyond me. Yeah, I mean, um, I think our, I think. I think Mr. Wise 456 put it best. Um, what the hell is with that glass and why does it have borscht in it? I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's the question we're all asking. And, yep. but Hey, I think all, I guess all three of us are wrong as hell because 
50 people drop $250 and uh, we can do that math, right? That's $10,000 in glass for sales. If I'm um, not mistaken. Something like that. Do you think these, these went to one particular person? I, if this glass whales thing is as big as what you've talked about, I just wonder whether there are, there are like investors or market manipulators out there that go out and buy five or 50 of these glasses at once. And $12,500. I should have gotten that right. $12,500 in, in glass sales. Hey, I just wonder. I take it. I just wonder whether there's any sort of manipulation going on with the market and whether the 50 of these were actually sold to one person and then 25 other people have really bad taste. I could see that happening. Oh, no, I don't sure. think so. I would, I, would think, um, I would think they, I don't know if they limited it, but I would guess that most people went back and resold it for $350. That would be my guess. Um, maybe crazy. not most, but at least more than half, I would guess, uh, or, or around half maybe. But, um, yep, so the 250 beer cup uh, lives on. Maybe we'll see that floating around over the next uh, little, little bit people breaking them or something. Um, uh, I did real quick, wanted to talk about a beer I drank this week that I really, really liked. Uh, a beer called, um, this is our weekly beer review segment um, that I just created. Uh, I drank a beer, Tony, called Beer for Brunch this week that I bought on, uh, I posted on, um, on Sunday from our local beer shop, Iron and Glass, thanks to those guys. Uh, this is a beer from Off Color, one of my favorite breweries, one of my favorite breweries to visit, and I haven't been there in whatever now six months. Uh, it's a Berliner Weiss with uh, orange juice and Chardonnay uh, grape juice, Tony, and it was absolutely delicious, refreshing. Um, I think mimosa styled, and I could have drank four of them right off the bat. It was so easy to drink. Wow. Mimosa style sounds intriguing. That that sounds perfectly in keeping with that style and a and a great twist on that. And it's it's kind of a, ch- a change from all the like super hazy gloop esque beers that you've been drinking. This sounds like it's it's not sort of that it on that thicker end. It was very dry for what it was. Um, I mean, sweet enough to. You know, it was more like drinking a, a cock, like a like a slightly tart, sweet cocktail, more than anything, right? Um, it had this, uh, you know, you know, like like a whiskey sour in in its own way. Yep, I, I totally you know, get it didn't that. Quite that. But it had, but it had more of that, like this this sweet and sour combo that that uh, that I really like when I'm drinking a cocktail. That was that was fantastic. Um, that was probably my favorite thing that I, uh, that I picked up this week and I, it makes me miss going to off color and chilling out in their very cool, very chill tap room and drinking a bunch of different sour beer and stuff. So, Oh, well, I guess I'm in the house now. <laughs> Are you saying that your, your man cave, if you've got a man cave set up is not as cool and as funky as their tap room? I, I don't believe well, that. The for room a I'm in right now is my office and it has pink wall. And, uh, so I would say, I mean, I have a fridge and it's full of pretty good beer. So I guess that's a start. But other, other than that, um, slim pickings, we'll say. Um, Tony, you drink anything this week that you really liked? Why don't you, why don't you throw something at me? Okay. Um, there are certainly a couple that I could, could talk about. I, I really like the Tango and Cap Cash 
Hop Hayes uh, Buddies number six. Um, that was from mm. a New Zealand company, um, it, but it was a fairly straight ahead cryocentric beer. The one that um, I actually really liked, and it was it was strange because it it came from America, which not not a shock that we've actually got American beers, but we've actually got an American beer in good shape, and it's. It, it's got IPA in the name. I, I'm not sure whether it's a traditional IPA. In fact, I know it's, it's a not. It's IPA, yeah. yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yep, and that's Combat Wombat, which is a single hop, hazy, IPA, and it's a sour. I really enjoyed this beer. I thought it was delicious. It was, it was almost candy-like in its... Flavor profile without being sickly sweet. I thought this the sourness brought a little bit of balance, um, and was really a fan of it. And and drank better as you got further through the can. Would I have two cans of this? No, but I thought the the can that it was in, I think, it was a sixteen ounce can, um, was the perfect serving size for it. Really delicious beer. It's great. Yeah, Rogue is one of those breweries that I never ever think about anymore um i've actually been to their pub in san one of their pubs in san francisco had a great time there beautiful place um used to really like dead guy ale honestly and i think i still do i mean i would like it now it's a nice tasting beer that is um is that a double uh, that that beer it's a it's all i think it's like a alt beer or a alt bach or something like that yep or my you know it's a my bach yeah that's right yep Uh, it is Great breakfast beer, by the way. And I'm not joking. Nerd discussion right there. Yeah, it's a Maybach. I was right. Yeah. It's funny that it's called Dead Guy Ale. (laughs) My first time I ever had Dead Guy was on keg and at another Good Beer Week event at the Moondog Brewery, and it was my first beer of the day. And it went beautifully with a croissant. Um, That's a good life right there. (laughs) It is. Remember those days when you could do that sort of shit? without having to wear a mask and without having to socially distance it. Seems like so long ago. It seems like a thousand years ago that I went out. Um, it might as well have been. Uh, I, I do have, um, you know, speaking of uh, doing drinking in the morning, Tony, it's my birthday uh, this weekend. Um, and I maybe I will drink a beer in the morning. Maybe I'll pop a Bud Light hard seltzer for my birthday. What do you think? <laughs> I'm glad that you are thinking about your calories because I was thinking, with your heart, do you really want to be opening a barley wine at 7am to have with your um, breakfast that your wife has no doubt made for for your birthday, which I imagine is like pancakes, candied bacon, whipped Mm -hmm. butter, um, Mm -hmm. fresh fruit. Um, We can nix the grapefruit segments. I don't think that's a part of it. Um, No, I don't like it. Those, yeah, <laughs> but um, if if you're going to go with a hard seltzer, I, I think that's the perfect breakfast beer for somebody of your age. Well, it's not a breakfast beer, it's a hard seltzer. Um, so what are you what are you hoping that your wife would cook for your your what 45th birthday? Is it 45th? Yep, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm 74th because you, you've got like an artificial, artificial yeah, valves and you've got all these health problems. I'm on cat years now, yeah. Um, well, and my uh, according to um, 
you know, common medical advice, my immune system is growing weaker and weaker by wearing a mask and, and staying inside. My, my immune system is not training by beating up the coronavirus over and over again or, or whatever it's apparently supposed to be doing based on some Ben Garrison cartoon or something. Oh, I thought it was uh, uh, medical advice coming from Louis Gomer. Or Louis Gomer or that lady, the demon sex lady. <laughs> One of those. Um, no, yeah, I, I already know... Uh, I'm angling for some sweets. Uh, um, my wife enjoys getting her baking game on. Uh, I already, uh, I've already got a peanut butter chocolate uh, cake in the works. That's going to be happening. Very excited for that. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm not too picky. I'll, I'll, I'll go for anything. I sort of, I, honestly, I'd be thrilled if we uh, ordered some Portillos uh, or some Bona Italian beef this weekend and ate that. That'd make me happy. Well, that that sounds like an an excellent idea. I've I've had Portellos. I haven't had the the Italian beef place that you've you've spoken about several times. Now, oh, no, my favorite. Yeah. Now, are you looking to now that you know what you're having as far as dessert goes? Are you looking to pair one of your multiple beers with that particular dessert? I didn't presume that it necessarily be stout, although that is sort of the conventional pairing and the obvious pairing that that somebody would think about when talking of a dessert or a cake of that nature. Have you got anything that you're thinking about pairing with that? And no. is it? Yeah, so, so Tony, I think we should open one of my $50 beers. That sounds like an excellent idea for your birthday. Crack one open. I think it's time to open one of my $50 beers. I don't actually have them in my possession, um, but I will have them look likely by tomorrow. Um, for a reminder, uh, I, well, I actually want to add a little context to this. I did, I did purchase two $50 stouts. Um, well, one's like a black barley wine, but you know, what's really the difference, I guess. I don't, <laughs> there I don't is know. no um, difference. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, I got blessed from Anchorage. I have the 10 years from Anchorage and Tony, I do have some news, uh, breaking news to submit to this contest. Although I won't have this beer in time for my birthday, but I did, I did buy another $50 beer, um, since we last spoke, um, about $50 beers. I have since, uh, went on to war, had the alert come up and I did buy yet another one that is called, uh, let's look at it right now. It is called when, when Digo, and uh, it's also from Anchorage, and it has glow-in-the-dark wax, Tony, so I can't wait for that. But um, So now even if I drink a $50 beer, I'm just getting another one back, so I don't even have to feel that sense of, uh, that sense of loss that I would have gotten from, from popping open the blessed. But what do you think, Tony? Let me, let me, let me throw out two of these, the, these two $50 beers, and you can tell me which one, which one I should open. So blessed, we've talked about. This is the... Um, this is the stout, well, one and three year old stouts aged in Woodford reserve, double oaked and Willet bourbon barrels with toasted and raw coconut and Madagascar vanilla beans blended together in Missouri Oak fooders. Love a good fooder. That sounds good. And then the 10 years is, uh, the very, a blend of the very best bourbon barrel aged imperial stouts and barley wines in his collection, uh, all aged on coconut, Madagascar, vanilla beans, cinnamon, and cacao nibs. Look, I, I really like the, uh, the profile of the second beer. It sounds delightful, but I think 
it's not necessarily suited to what you're going to be having for your birthday cake. I think the first one sounds like an outstanding match. I don't think you can go wrong with either. But if you're saying life on the line, which of these two stouts are you going to pick? It comes and my life may be on the line at any moment. That is true. For all we know. So YOLO and 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 so you <laughs> YOLOing with this this choice, my choice would be beer number one, the beer that you've spoken about on this podcast a number of times. It just sounds absolutely perfect pairing for this dessert and I think would be enjoyable to split with a loved one um, or even a non-loved one if I was much closer. I think I would love to partake in Kelly's bacon. We we all love Tony and I would have split it three ways if you were here. All right. That'd be funny if I if you came all the way here and I had this beer and opened it and I was like, sorry. <laughs> this chug. I've been to bottle shares where that's happened, by the way, and that's fucked up behavior. <laughs> uh, all right. So for my birthday, I asked you, I said I wanted one gift, Tony. I said I wanted to push you into a well. <laughs> and you let me do it. You let me push you back into the well, and we're gonna play on trap to get you out as a special birthday gift to me. Well, I'm not sure whether um, I let you push me into the well, but look, I tripped and I fumbled like, say, somebody would do in front of Frank Thomas's Bentley. Yeah. I think that guy's name was AJ Ditton or whatever <laughs> on, on, tab, or on Instagram. I think you did that. Um, so uh, yet again, I have gone, I have combed through the, the depths, the underbelly of Untapped to try and – fool Tony's powerful stone CEO brain um, into um, guessing the wrong ratings for these very unusual beers. Um, if he gets them right, I will hoist him uh, comfortably out of his, uh, 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 out of the well. Actually, I'll dig him out like Sting Doug Bard out <laughs> in on the Simpsons. Um, if he's down there, uh, if he, if he only gets, if he doesn't get any of them, right, we'll say, uh, he's stuck down there and I have to sing the, I have to sing the, we're sending our love down the well song to him, uh, every week for the rest of the year. Um, and you know, if he gets somewhere in between, we'll, you know, I'll probably forget by the time we do this anyway. So who cares? I was just thinking for this segment and the research you conduct, once we become much more popular and become the number one ranked, um, food and beverage podcast on iTunes and we get sponsorship. I was thinking it would be wise to get NordVPN in as a sponsor because I don't think <laughs> private browsing is enough when you browse for these particular beers and the keywords that you often use to find these beers. Yes, uh, we, will, we will learn uh, the type of comedy that I find funny uh, very quickly from, from, my, from the beers I've put in here. Um, and you, if you didn't know already, you've probably, you know the things that I think are funny, which are like poo poo. And we're sending our love down the well. All the way down. We're sending our love down the well. Down that well. We'll we'll get right into it. This is a birthday themed. Uh, version of Untrapped. I'm going to give Tony three beers. He's going to try to guess the rating. I will arbitrarily decide how correct he was and uh, <laughs> decide if I have to rescue him or not. So, Tony, beer number one, are you ready? Yes, I am absolutely ready. 
All right. This uh, I'm going to give you. Uh, I'll give you the beer name, the brewery, the description, and I will even try to describe the label to you. Uh, that might help you a little bit. Sometimes the label does impact the rating. I think. Uh, I'm sorry. There's no way that the label on Mamma Mia Pizza Beer affected that particular beer, though. Can we, can we be completely? Uh, I don't think it certainly didn't give you the feeling that you were. You didn't. You didn't go and look at that label. I'm expecting a perfect outcome <laughs> from. Um. All right. So beer number one is is called Birthday Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, this is by Kings County Brewers Collective, their brewery in Brooklyn, uh, home of you know that what's that the very standard hipster restaurant logo with like the four segments and the arrows that separate them, and it says like KCBC for example in it. Okay. Um, the label of this beer has, is very colorful, comic book like, has uh, zombies. Uh, dressed up in like suits and stuff coming out of their graves and having like party hats on. Pretty fun. <laughs> uh, here's the description of the beer for you 6% alcohol. The end is nigh. Triple fruited sour, completely annihilated with blueberry, raspberry, strawberry, and mango, with a light dusting of vanilla and milk sugar added to sweeten the destruction. Okay. Uh, the, the style is a real. Fruited sour, yep. Yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a, this was like gloop squared by the sound of it. This is not like your, your normal like blood vomit beer. This this seems like a whole nother level as far as like I'm drinking this with a spoon, not like the straw that comes with the slushy. I'm talking like a real dessert spoon beer. Um, I think this could be completely out of balance, and it will. Still score well. Uh, do I think it is in the elite echelon? No, but I think it's certainly in the 4.36 range of beers. Mm. Well, I think you overshot it, Tony. Um, Damn the it. rating is 4.18. So you weren't, you're, you're, I was actually thinking you were going to get pretty close the way you talked about it. Um, your logic was on was on point. Uh, you you just sort of overshot the the end of the number there. Um, yeah, it's just the gloop factor. I put, put too much yeah, stock the in. The gloop hard to tell. I would say KCBC gloop wise, based on their sour beers I've had, actually are are certainly not to the level of the blood vomit beer. Uh, okay. They are not thick thick candy. Um, this is a little more, I mean, it's certainly not delicate by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but it's not the surface tension of the beer is not to the point of a 450 type beer. Gotcha. Um, it, did, it does still resemble, it resembles water more than it does uh, an orange Julius, for example, I guess is my, my, my combo there. All right. Here's number two. And this is right where you'll understand that the things I was Googling or not Googling, <laughs> I'm tapping to, to get these names. All right. Number two is cookie puss birthday beer. Um, and if you're wondering, did he type in birthday pussy? Did he write birthday pussy in the search? No, absolutely. He did. I can't imagine who would do that. <laughs> you. Um, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, what Somebody did you write if you didn't birthday. if you didn't write birthday pussy in the search? What did you write? Birthday I wrote, cat. I wrote cookie puss birthday beer exactly, and this came up. Um, 
So this is from Captain Lawrence Brewing Company. It is a brewery in Michigan, uh, Michigan, sorry, Massachusetts. Um, it is a milkshake IPA, 7.5%. Um, uh, you know, a bonus thing I'll tell you, it's it's got a lot of uh, check-ins. Uh, okay. So now what that about means. 6, about 6,900 check-ins on this beer. Okay. Um, inspired by Carvel uh, Fresh Vanilla Ice Cream and the iconic Cookie Puss Cake. Um, Tony, are you familiar with Carvel? I am not. Are they like a low-tier ice cream or are they a mid-tier? Are these like the Ben and Jerry uh, of th- or are these? Uh, 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 it's a, are you familiar with Baskin Robin? Is yes. that a place you're yeah. 31 flavors. It's a, it's a, it's the East coast. Okay. It's an East coast version of maybe a more, maybe a slightly smaller version of Baskin Robbins. Gotcha. Now exactly um, where we are as far as ice cream shoppers yeah. go. Perfect. Yeah. And so Carvel fresh vanilla ice cream and the iconic cookie puss cake. Actually, um, Mr. Wise is going to also come at me about, calling it a Baskin Robbins, I think, because I've actually <laughs> never been to a Carvel because we don't have them here. So he's going to be like, what are you talking about? Now, um, the, I'm going to get killed. The one thing I'm, I'm stumbling over, maybe you can't car- clarify this, but what the fuck is a cookie puss cake? So Carvel, Baskin Robbins, all these places, they make ice cakes um, okay. also yeah. for like your birthday. So you can have essentially what, what that means to me is it's ice cream on top of sponge um, yep. With like toppings and stuff on there. Gotcha. Now I now so I follow. Puss, I would guess is a is a cake that has a cookie involved in some way and um, and vanilla ice cream. I guess would be my best way to think about what it might be. And probably was shaped as like a cat or something like that. What is it with America and having like dishes named Puss? I can think of one other, and that's doesn't. Um, Denny's Careful. have like an, a nana puss or a banana puss dessert, or am I just making that up? <laughs> I'm just uh, making that up. I don't. I will not be getting the banana Denny's banana puss. <laughs> I've decided to. Uh, <laughs> I would guess. I would guess that any dish that has puss in the name at Denny's <laughs> being eaten in the in the behind the Denny's is my guess. <laughs> Call me Nannerpuss, Nannerpuss. And guess what? I love pet. Isn't it time for a serious breakfast? This Tuesday from 6 a.m. to 2, Denny's is giving a free Grand Slam to everyone in America. Uh, this milkshake IPA brewed with, Car- brewed with Carvel vanilla and sugar. Is brewed with Carvel vanilla and milk sugar, sorry. It has a rich and smooth, creamy vanilla flavor that will make craft beer and ice cream fans rejoice. Cookie Puss birthday beer. Brew. What do you think, Tony? So just give me the the vital stats on that again. What was the alcohol percentage? Seven and a half. Okay, so big, big milkshake IPA. And a lot of check-ins. So this is something with staying power. So it's not Mm -hmm. a one-off beer. This is not like a seven-barrel situation and tap room only. This is is quite a popular beer. So that that leads me that that it's... going to score well with the beer public. Gloop factor, hope I don't overrate it again. Um, and I think there could be some brand loyalty. I think that could help the rating because it's inspired by these things. I, I Like in Australia, with Australia, I think Tim Tam 
beers often get like a boost with their rating because they are paying homage to our our native treasure that is Tim Tam. Mm. I'm going to say this comes in at 4.52 on untapped. Or what, 4.52? Yes. So, Tony, this might be your worst one yet. Uh, Tony, I got bad news about Cookie Puss. Uh, it's it, I don't think it's good. Uh, it has a three point two seven. Shit! Uh, How does it have almost I, I seven thousand check-ins then? Why, yeah, the numbers were the this? numbers were sort of beyond me. I I I wasn't sure what was going on with this. Um, but that people, there are, there must be there must be some collection of people that really dislike this. Um, or I, I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is I feel like you are enjoying this and you will drink it, uh, frequently and maybe you're rating it a 3.75 or a four. And, and if you're not that you're checking this in with like a 0.25 and you're being like, damn, that was nasty. Um, I'm not get. I would not drink this beer, uh, based on that rating. Not- and frankly, it doesn't sound that good to me anyway. So. Um, yep, three point two seven. That's pretty bad. Uh, pretty depressing <laughs> for them. That is one well hell of a red herring you threw with the almost seven thousand check ins and rating that low. I am absolutely shocked. I'm I'm normally in the ballpark, but to be off by not just like a a couple of tens yeah. tens of a percent. This was this is massively off. This is a couple of points off. That is. Terrible on my part. It didn't sound good, but the ratings tricked me. I thought brand loyalty would would really help. That that um, you you've wow. I think I've been sent deeper into the well. Uh, we're digging. We're dig- <laughs> it stings down there, digging you far into it. Um, all right, last one, Tony. Uh, this one is called uh, "Where's My Birthday Cake." It's by Masthead Brewing Company. Um, this one has about 2,000 check-ins, 11.1%. This is just one of those ones, one of those thick pastry stouts everyone loves. Loaded out with lactose, cacao nibs, Tahitian vanilla beans, and real birthday cake, we're not even mad that the brewers dropped our birthday cakes in the mash. So conceptually, this is a, birth- this is a birthday cake uh, stout with uh, lactose, cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and actual cake. Picture is very cute. It's a horse um, stepping on a birthday cake with a rainbow tail. Actually, maybe it's a unicorn. Okay, unicorns get an instant 0.1% upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Pastry stout bump is bigger than the gloop factor. I think mm-hmm. it would give it a 0.3% pastry bump. Mm-hmm. So based on my logic, even if it's a decent beer, because it's got it's it's been run through the pastry bot and it's got some serious pastry bot factors to it. Minimum average beer it's a four point four O beer if it's if it's just competent. I think this is more than competent. I think this is a four point six two beer. Tony, uh, this is well. Closer than last time, but this is only a 4.12. So um, this is a sweet bomb. This sounds like yeah, it's messed up. Uh, 
Uh, 4.12 probably means it's it's drinkable, it's competent. I would say there's probably two options here. It's either um, extremely sweet. My, my What I'm thinking is more likely is that it's not. Um, it's not as thick as promised and is probably a little bit drier or thinner, thinner, quote unquote, like people say, and people... Uh, and people weren't thrilled um, with that, but maybe they just thought it at least tasted good. Didn't have the big fat mouth feel that a lot of these uh, pastry stouts have. Okay. Um, I, would, I would try this. Um, I don't mind that normal texture for beer, like a beer type texture for a beer. Um, I did. I recently had a very thick imperial stout, and it was <laughs> it was tough. <laughs> Everybody loved it, but I was just like kind of. It's just a film like constantly with you. It's not, it's really hard to drink. Um, this I would try though. I think 4.12 is a satisfactory rating. Um, masthead I'm not super familiar with. So, you know, I kind of threw some tough ones at you here because these were three breweries that I would say you weren't, um, excuse me, weren't entirely familiar with. Um, I had no knowledge and often I had no, no knowledge yeah. of the brands that were involved either. It was KCBC is probably the most famous. Brewery right now, maybe Captain, but KCBC to me is probably the most um, like high high um, popularity right now with with the beer nerd crowd. So um, it's a tough run, uh, but because it's my birthday and I'm lonely and I need to drag you out of that well anyway, Tony. How do you <laughs> feel? About? Come on out, leave your, leave your pornos down there and just come hang out with me for my birthday. <laughs> I shall do that, even if I have to do it virtually. Um, I, 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 we're all starving for human contact, whether it be in person, coronavirus to coronavirus meetup, or the safer way to do it virtually. I think we all need a little bit of uh, human contact contact and that's what this podcast provides to the two of us because we're not likely to be going out in public anytime soon it's true well especially me so um i would say 2021 we're keeping my fingers crossed for that but yeah. you make it sound I'm, like i mean I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up for 2021 i'm starting to think you know if it's 2022 and we haven't gotten out then i'm feeling bad but i'm kind of <laughs> settling for a while here Yep, this is a long haul yeah, thing. Perfect right now, either, but you've um, you're at least uh, you're at least jumping in front of it rather than just the slow dr- uh, drag of uh, of death that we we were kind of <laughs> dra- going on here. So it's wild. Um, yeah, Tony, I, I think we've um, I think we nailed it today. Uh, Tony, do you have any other uh, any other? Th- course segments that we have to we have to present here before we start uh signing off i don't think so i think i think we've we've given ourselves an hour's worth of entertainment i think that's all we need to provide we'll save some of that other stuff for next week because that's all i promised is that i would be entertained for an hour honestly from day one that's absolutely Um, all you've been promised anything else is a bonus human interaction from the internet that's a bonus bot interaction from the internet Super bonus because we all love some bot contact. Uh, we'll follow up on our NBA and MLB previews uh, next week. So um, stay tuned for that. It turns out they're still playing baseball. So I, w- I was wrong about kind of the core of my, my prediction, but <laughs> next week that could easily change. So 
I wouldn't get, I was close to be fair. I would like to throw that out. Um, I was close. Uh, It it looked like it was going to be over there for a day or two. But with the way baseball are doing things, it can be, it can change hour to hour the what the recklessness they're going about resuming their season. I, I do not hold out hope that that season is going to be um, be even current by the time this show's posted. So, yep, good point. All right, uh, well, thanks for tuning in uh, to the the podcast, fam. You can email us beerengineshow at gmail Check us out on Instagram. Be like uh, Mr. Wise and uh, building breweries and uh, laugh at laugh at my jokes. Look at funny pictures. Uh, look at the gloop cup. Uh, that's at Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Check us out on Untapped. I'm Griff AD. Tony is St. Maz. Uh, leave us a comment there. We'll read it. We'll put you. We'll, we'll put you on blast on this thing. I don't know. Um, Tony, any last words? You know, in the well. (laughs) We're only one and a half games behind being in the ninth spot to get into the playoffs. Dude, yeah, that Phoenix thing. Let's let's give that a week and see where we're at. But I was pretty excited. They've won three in a row. Um, That's going to be a cool twelve and a half thousand bucks, Tony. Going, you know, I can get a, I can get a real mic. Who knows? Forget about the real mic. You can get a decent internet connection for that price. I can't. I'm actually getting the best internet connection <laughs> I can possibly get. Unfortunately, isn't that depressing? <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Later on.